All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. What was that rocket? What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? DJ Nibis and DJ Neko with your Metal Time Radio podcast, episode 92 of the Hordes of Chaos. Open up the show with some new stuff from uh, Dave Eppelson, uh, basis of Megadeth. He put out a new record. It's called No Covers, but it's nothing but covers. <laughs> and, that was, and that was them doing Fastway. Now, the thing that kind of got me was it's got a lot of good stuff in it. It's got some Priest Maiden that they're doing. Uh, a lot of different stuff in there, White Lion. Uh, and the cover itself is like a, a reimagining of Def Leppard's On Through the Night record, which is kind of cool because they do some Def Leppard in there as well. That's awesome. Yeah, so I saw that at the last minute. I thought, oh, this would be cool. I didn't have a cover hope to open up with, so I said, let's check it out a little bit. Haven't heard everything on it, but I said, okay, fast way, I'm down. Let's go, let's go with that. Awesome. So how are you, Anubis? I'm doing all right. Uh, kind of worked him out, so I'm already starting to wind down. We're doing this show a little later than usual, but I'm pumped, though. We got some good topics, uh, good music, a lot of good music to get to. Uh, oh, I did want to announce, because, um, you know, when I do these labels and promotionals, things with these, these groups that I work with for all the music they send me, uh, Grand Sounds is one of those... Uh, promotional sites that like just hammers me a lot of times with stuff like they just give me some stuff I can't always get to everything so we now are working with uh, MDPR which is Metal Devastation Public Radio uh, they've started sending me a bunch of stuff I mean lots of stuff like I can't even keep up with it right now you get so much music too and it's like yeah it's not even like this. I get stuff through other sources and then on top of that all these labels and promotional sites are sending me stuff as well so I'm quite the busy person but you know I did I, for a fleeting second last night and I, I was thinking about doing the radio again oh only, what only, but not 
the way I did it before. Okay, so give me give me the lowdown. Well, the lowdown was I was basically because I, I have a lot of music. Like we do these podcasts and we're playing them, um, you know, songs new every week and whatnot. Um, people can download and they can always go back and check out stuff. But the nice thing about the radio was I had I was able to put up all my stuff that I set aside for the radio and have it air. But you know, back then mm-hmm. I had different. Uh, segments throughout the week, you know, spotlight shows. I'm not even going to mess with that if I decide to go that route again. Like, I'm just going to do the radio, but I'm going to use kind of the format we have. I'm going to put it in order, like, the playlist. So I'll play, like, maybe 15 metal tunes, maybe six or seven rock tunes of various stuff, then go back into the metal. And that's how it's going to be throughout 24-7. So... There won't be any like okay yeah I'm gonna be I'm gonna be adding new music every week but it's not gonna be to the point where I'm like oh yeah there's only gonna be like this set of new music for this period of time or I'm not gonna do special labels because we're doing the podcast so we we play the stuff they send us anyway. We could also replay the podcast. Could uh, I don't know if people are gonna be as much interested because they can do that right on the site. I thought about that but uh, really for. Even for me, like, you know, as much as I listen to my little iPod at work, like, if I have to worry about data, but uh, if I was able to play my radio during my driving, you know, I didn't wouldn't have to worry about too much of that. That'd be kind of cool. I enjoyed the radio for that purpose because I enjoyed putting up, you know, like, 9,000 songs that people can listen to, both old and new stuff. But, uh, and right now they do have their, like, Fast cast for you, I think, is doing. Um, oh, so they got you on the Black Friday. <laughs> right. That's what it is. is somebody like sent fifteen you- bucks. I was paying twenty two, which they're pretty cheap already as it is. But you get unlimited bandwidth, unlimited DJ, which is a must. Uh, you know, because that's how much space you're gonna have to work with, uh, as far as like how much music you can put up. Uh, unlimited listeners, I think, was also a nice thing, even though we never really topped out of a thousand or anything like that. But uh, the idea is good. I, I haven't. I was thinking it over. I knew I was going to end up talking to you about it a little bit just to see what your thoughts were. Um, it would be another expense, but it, like I said, it's kind of cheap right now. But uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It's still something I'm pondering. I mean, maybe if we would sit down and like figure out a way to best utilize the radio too for um i mean i actually do like the idea of playing the podcast or even replaying old podcast sessions on there you know maybe not once a day but like once a week maybe replaying the most recent one and then if we think about oh this was a really good one like the one with or when we get to interview bands and stuff, replaying those. Well, that is something to consider in terms of if we're going to do like that, maybe do the ones where we do special podcasts like the Thrush Zone mm-hmm. or, you know, you and I talked about doing like a a covers one soon. Um, so something like that. Uh, the only pro I, like I could add the old podcasts into a playlist, but they do take up space ultimately. And uh, since we run like three hours or so when we do these, it, it's a big file. Um, but most people will still go to like I kind of just wanted to keep them separate because I didn't want to make more work like I did last time. Mm-hmm. 
but if I went this route, it'd be a lot less work because I'm already adding the new music that I listen to and I, the songs I select to my little external uh, hard drive, which is my one dedicated for the radio. So that, mm -hmm. so if I was gonna do that, I can take that one, upload all that stuff, go through it. But I have to go back and make sure the tags are right, and you know. But that's all simple stuff. But yeah, it's just a matter of what your thoughts were. And where we're going to go in the future, but yeah. I mean, I honestly, whatever makes you happy, I uh, I know that I was a little disappointed when you, you shut down the radio. It just... It was a lot of work. I know, I know. And But this is where the podcast kind of alleviates a lot of that because I don't have to worry about designating... See, I have to go through with these labels and promotional sites. I used to have to go through and... Uh, every time they sent me new stuff, I have to go pick the songs out. I had to sit there and listen to what songs I wanted to play from those albums they sent me. Mm -hmm. Replace them into the ones that were already in there. I had to do this weekly. Now, some labels don't send me as much stuff, so it's they sit there a little longer. That chorus gets a little boring for people if they're listening to a specific label and they're not updating their music enough. So the podcast is good because... I can just go at our leisure and put up whatever's up that I can get to and then just chop along at it so I don't have to keep worrying about weekly changes and all that stuff. So uh, if we did like a 24-7 station where it's just playing whatever for your entertainment, we're just taking the best of the best of songs that we have and throwing them in there. And then like if you said, like you said, if we wanted to do like a special segment for any podcast, it'd probably be the ones for the special shows like the Halloween special and stuff like that or interviews and you know, stuff like that or the, the stuff that people would normally get more of a kick out of than just a regular podcast. I mean, I'm all for it. I I just I know these are I'm I'm not much help on any of these things because you do all the work. I just kind of give you my opinion and hang out. And, you know, it always is nice when I'm not home and I'm traveling that I can, you know, go to Podbean and download and listen to you. It, it It's comforting to kind of have that while I'm away. And uh, so, you know, I... Again, it's it's your baby. You do if you want to, and then we can figure out. Like, I just don't want you to, cause you got you were getting like stressed out about it, and then that's when the um, the podcast idea came back. Like, we hadn't really been doing a lot of podcasts, but you were dealing with the uh, radio mostly, and now it's like, okay, well, the podcast seems like it's more fun for us, cause we're really trying to interact and. But then... Well, yeah, a lot of people, you know, suggested after I took it down, I was, you know, I, I toyed with the idea of doing a podcast every other week. <laughs> and people were coming back saying, yeah, you know, that'd probably be a lot better and a lot more interesting. Because I also had said that if I did that, it was going to be more... We were going to put more rock into it and also talk, talk more than we had mm -hmm. in the past. So that was definitely... Uh, something that people were into and it seems to have responded pretty well you know so uh yeah so i mean I'll, maybe after the show I'll, I'll look at it and see like the good news is I, I can pay monthly like i did before and if you know a month or two down the road it just seems like more work again i can always just cancel it's not a big deal uh 
initially the setup would hit, take a little bit of time just because I had to put the music up. I had to upload everything mm-hmm. and fix all the uh, tags and the artwork, and that that's kind of fun sometimes. So we'll see how it goes, and uh, we'll check into that. Anywho. Anywho. Got some cool topics today, uh, some interesting topics. Uh, even more interesting is new stuff by Inquisition, uh, a band that normally I'm not super big on, like in their past, like they are good, but uh, they have a new record out and it comes with some controversy regarding one of their members, so we'll get to that later on. Um, new stuff, like I said, for MDPR, they sent me some Royal Hunt, Dangerous Times for the Dead. That's going to be in our first block. Horror Pain has sent us stuff, Inverse, Curtain Calls as well, and a rock block. And, uh, yeah. So, what else have we got? New Contrarian, Plague Breeder, Devil's Desire. But we're going to kick it off some brand new stuff from Killer Be Killed. Uh, Remember last week we were we talking about, about the about Sex in the night. City? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> new record was really good. I think actually NECA would really dig it because they've kind of gone... The first record still had a bit of really heavier metal edge. The This record still has a little bit of that, but it's more rock-oriented. It's more mainstream felt. So uh, this song is actually pretty cool, so we'll check it out. Here's Killer Be Killed, Intercom from Outer Storms.
right, we're back. We're back. Four more. DJ Noob is here with DJ Neko. Metal Tower Radio Podcast. And you sent me a little link the other day about Paul McCartney. McCartney. Yeah. I, um, I'm not really surprised by this because you have to think about the catalog of songs that Paul McCartney sings. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> What did I just swallow? Pubic hair. I know, right? But so Paul, there was a little. It was just a blurb too. It wasn't even like a real article. It was just kind of saying Paul McCartney uses a teleprompter when he sings, and it got me to thinking. Like I'm not surprised, especially you know he's getting older and his his career spans decades and decades, and there's so many songs, and I'm sure, yeah, he wrote them or whatever. It's hard to. Re- I can't remember what I was doing last Thursday. So from to try to remember a whole bunch of songs, it's not really like, it's just not easy. I mean... No, it's not. Like, I was thinking of all, like, I actually had something happen last night. Oh, no. Um, Mike LeVere, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, he posted a, a decapitated, decapitated track, um... And uh, I, I sort of recognized it, but then, like, it said, like, promo, so I thought maybe they were working on some new, you know, new music. Uh-huh. But the logo that was shown was the old school stuff, so I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm like... <laughs> was it, like, remastered or something? No, it was called The First Damned. It comes out the first record, which I had forgotten. But I'm like, oh, yeah, this sounds like... Something off the first couple records. That's pretty good because they they their other singer from the early albums that I think had passed away. Mm-hmm. So they had another guy for the last few albums, and the the music's okay, but it's not like the old days. Like on their early, first record, they did like a wonderful cover of Slayer's uh, "Mandatory Suicide." Mandatory suicide. Uh, so I go, yeah, this sounds like something like off the first couple records. It's really good. And he's like, dude, Scott, it's fucking. Off the first record. He's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. But I said to myself, dude, it's just been a long time. <laughs> You're like, I'm old. Yeah. Give I'm me like, a break. I listen to so many fucking bands, man. I just like, I, I can't even remember the last time I really sat down with any decapitated stuff. Um, especially their older material. And that's sad and good because it tells me that there's a lot of good stuff out there that I've been playing and getting into. But. I can't. I can imagine that for, you know, you talked about longevity with bands and records and like thinking that Barney and Napalm Death did. I can guarantee that they don't remember the lyrics to every single song that they did back in the day. Like it doesn't matter how good the the album was. Like you take something like Utopia Banished. I doubt that Barney remembers the lyrics to every single song on that record. It's not even so Because half the time they don't even play them anymore, except for, like, you know, the world keeps turning or something like that, but... It's it's not even so much that. It's It, it doesn't mean... Okay, I'm not saying this right. It doesn't mean that these songs weren't good or weren't influential. What it really means is just... Our brains only have so much space, you know? We... And I... You, you learn as you get older. I mean, I... When I was in in college and I took calculus 
I don't. I think you ask me a calculus question now, and I'll be like, no, yeah, no. Right. But I, I took the class and I got an A. So how is that possible? Okay, well that was you know, 1999, and what what you learn as you get older is your most used cognitive skills and your most used um, memories and your most used information kind of comes to the forefront. And I was actually helping my nephew with some math questions um, in geometry, which again, I haven't taken geometry since 1995, so that makes it even worse. And you don't really, you start looking at things or start remembering things and you're like, okay, I need a refresher. So it's, I don't think it's like cheating or anything that bands are using teleprompters. I think it's good because you want the best uh, experience when you go and see a live band. So. Well, that's what they say on stageprompter.com. You know, they, that's actually a question that comes up is how many artists and bands actually use them. There's quite a few. And one of the things they mentioned is, uh, you know, they want to make sure that the show is good and goes flawless and that, you know, as they say, you know, we're not getting any younger, can't always remember everything. So in order, like, you know, it's funny because we make fun of, like, when guys like Phil and Selma gets trashed or high on drugs and can't remember his lyrics, so he's got the audience singing it for him. But it's a whole different thing when you have an artist who isn't really under any influence but he's just old and has a hard time i know ozzy is probably one of those guys i know like chris christopherson and willie nelson a lot of these really you know they they've all said that they they put notes and they they have a teleprompter um i i don't fault them for that at all i would never like i remember i don't know doing shows when I was still working at the theater and if we had something where it was a really like complicated scene or whatever we would have little like I don't want to call it a cheat sheet but remember in um nonsense when we had the whole baking scene and we had the cookbook and we did put like little jokes in the cookbook to make us kind of laugh while but we put things in the book to kind of like make sure because it, it's a very long convoluted scene that it's like right why wouldn't you help yourself out because what if you're having a brain fart one day you know all these these uh, musicians and actors and stuff you're up there and you're trying to do the best that you absolutely can do and it's a live audience and you don't want to just like stop and have like nothing happen and Honestly, I mean, some of, uh, besides just Paul McCartney singing, he's also playing mm -hmm. his music, too. I, I really... I've seen that happen, too, where bands and artists, like, they'll say, yeah, what, I, I think even Devin, like, he, he's played old stuff, but he has to go back and kind of like, oh, yeah, I don't know Revisit how to play it, that. Right. yeah. I mean... These are these are people who are doing multiple things at once. They're trying to entertain the audience with their personality. They're trying to sing a great song for you and, you know, have you have the best experience. And they're also trying to play an instrument at the same time. And, you know, some of these artists are multidisciplined in many, many different instruments. So 
it's it's probably a little overwhelming even if somebody is as big as Paul McCartney or even like Aerosmith or whatever trying to make sure that your your patrons and your audience are getting the kind of show that they deserve that I mean it's, it's just a teleprompter fucking the president uses a teleprompter when he's making a speech everybody uses a teleprompter now when they're doing like awards shows it's to me I don't think it's cheating I think it's I think it's nice that we have that kind of technology to make sure we have the ability to run through a beautiful show flawlessly yeah, especially now like back in the day you didn't have that luxury yeah, you had like you, you taped it on the floor <laughs> right. and it's like all right I mean, that's what they do with the set list but imagine having to do that with your like lyrics mm -hmm. all right well let's get back into some music our next block uh we got some stuff sent by uh mike juliana and horror pain for that's band another one that we love saver skin that's going to be in the block Maze of Terror as well. I just got the cassette of that little uh, EP that guy has, um, so I was really happy about that. Kick it off, though, with some brand new stuff by Contrarian. It's like Tech Prog Death Metal. Here it's called Case Closed. Tech Prog Death Metal. Okay. 
Blaze from the band Shepherd, and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Alright, DJ Nubis. And DJ Neko. Back with your Metal Tavern Radio podcast. Gonna talk a little bit of Godzilla and Kong again. Seems like it's been an ongoing thing. And we're just desperate to see it at this point, but I mean, like, with, <laughs> with the pandemic, it's just kind of been... Nothing is coming out, it seems like, and I know movie theaters themselves are just... They're shuttering left and right. They're doing everything they can. Like, I know some movie theaters are actually offering discount prices for you to have a group of your friends come in. Like, rent out. Yeah, the- rent out the theater to watch a movie. And... Clearly, there's not a whole lot of new movies coming out, but it'll they'll be like, okay, well, we have these choices of movies, and you can have 20 people minimum, and maximum this amount because they have they have to stay within the the amount that the state mandates. But um, it's, I mean, we're doing what we can right now while we can, um, and I know that. You know, just making a movie, it takes hundreds of people behind the scenes and the actors, and I know they have a hard time trying to be properly socially distant, putting together. Well, this is like the crazy thing Mm -hmm. is that already, I think King of the Mach is what, 2019? It was 2000, I was in Hawaii, so it, it was 2000. 19. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, like, the first one was 2014. I think Kong came out a couple years later. But the thing is, like, it was supposed to be released this past mm-hmm. May for Godzilla and Kong. However, you know, because of the COVID and all that, it's been delayed and delayed. Now, uh, there's, like, some, I guess, some infighting going on because, like, they were talking about streaming it because that's what some companies are doing. Um the latest Bill and Ted movie, um, that one got streaming. Uh, some other ones have been streaming. Uh, they they've held off on stuff like King uh, Godzilla and King Kong, as well as James Bond and stuff like that. So, but they were thinking about streaming the Godzilla and Kong. They've talked about it with Netflix, but I guess it either got declined or Warner media i guess who is kind of in control of the movie itself have chosen to block the deal like netflix offered like 200 million for the, for the rights to damn. stream it. yeah that, that's good money right there um but i think that you know they want to try to go to hbl max which i think is part of warner media to begin with but I think that's a bad idea just in the, in the sense that not everybody's going to have HBO Max. Now, not everybody has Netflix either, but I think more people have Netflix than they do HBO Max. Um, the other thing is, yeah, I, I do want to see it in the theater, and maybe it'll do both, but the reality is, is like, you know, one way or the other, this shit's got to happen. I guess the movie's ready to go. It's just a matter of how to get it out there. and You know, because I know that they want to make the money, you know, even though G14 and King of the Monsters did pretty well, they, they apparently didn't do as well as they had hoped in terms of... But I thought they did better overseas than they did at home. They do, and they do. Yeah. 
but there's a weird way of how they determine a movie's success. Like, both G14 and K Monsters clearly cleared their uh, production budgets. Mm-hmm. However, to, there's some like other way they look at it in terms of like actually making money, which I don't know if I really agree with it, but I guess that's how it works. Um, like, I think here the Monsters did like about six hundred billion or something over the over the whole thing. Oh, really? Yeah, but it only cost them like you know. 200 whatever million to make it but uh either way uh maybe it wasn't 600 maybe it was 600 million i think might 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 be a little more accurate i don't know but either way uh you know they're gonna try to get their money which i don't know if they're gonna do anything beyond this which i hope they do but you know japan's probably like well they're having success doing this series we need to do something you know for their own sake but um yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I thought it was a bad move not to go to Netflix, but I think that's a good place for it. I know, but I think what Netflix is running into a lot, not just from this, but a lot of, like, The Office is leaving. Parks and Rec already left. Mad Men already left. A lot of, I guess, the proprietary yeah. stuff is going, because all these other places are starting their own streaming services, whether they're premium or not. So, like... With the with the office and with Parks and Rec, we have the Peacock Channel and the NBC Channel, which are both you know part of that whole umbrella. If you have NBC through a cable provider and you log in, you can get all of that stuff for free. Now, granted, if you go premium, you won't get commercials, but if you're already going through that, I. And you're not, like, we're not paying any extra for the Peacock channel. We can just go on it and watch movies and watch TV shows. And all they're doing is throwing in some commercials. Why would I care? Because we watch lots of stuff that have commercials in them on these other free free apps. Um, So I think what Netflix, because what they were doing was paying premiums to these other places. Because Netflix was number one. You and I have talked about this before. We have been huge Netflix supporters when it was just sending in DVDs and returning DVDs. I'm talking 2003. We have been... Yeah, we've been in a long time. A long time. time. And, uh... And really, still, realistically, we are more of the Roku app fan than we are of actual natural television because we don't watch much on natural television except for sports and it, it, that's what makes it and even disappointing then, for us because like, i can go upstairs on a sunday night and, and put on the nfl network app and still get a game but the problem is in order to get the nfl network app you have to have it through your cable provider ESPN, so it's the only that. reason that we even have these stupid uh cable is for ESPN, the ACC network, for the NFL network, for the Red Zone, and they know it. The NFL knows it, the cable providers know it, and at one point they were giving these mini packages, and we did it, and we had it for a long time, and we were so stupid, we should have just called our cable provider and asked them for updated equipment, but 
this other cable provider was doing door-to-door -door service, and they were like giving us this huge discount, and well, they were like trying to blow up everything, and be like, the, oh, we got better well, stuff. Well, no, the, the thing that, they, that Comcast sold me on, which, which is a brilliant fucking idea, is the fact that you can go onto your Roku app and they have a Comcast app that you can access all your yeah without a, without stuff, a, a set top box your recordings and any of the the channels that you have. The drawback for Comcast is they don't have their internet is terrible. the The way that they get their their feed is unreliable. So therefore, I can be down here in the basement trying to access that app and it will like buffer and cut out and then it was pointless like it the idea is great and i think this is why verizon can do it but they don't want to do it because they want to get you to get boxes and everything and because else. they know that they have the market on the fiber optic network here right. in baltimore uh comcast has kind of a fiber optic network but verizon is 100 percent fiber optic individual to your house where Comcast has lines that have been ran for years and years and years, and they're like, oh, we've upgraded, we've done this, but it's not the same. We know because as soon as we switched from Verizon to Comcast, our Ring doorbell stopped working. And we thought it was the Ring doorbell itself. It, we, we were like, oh, crap. Yeah, we sent it. We had to go through the hassle of sending We sent it back. back. We got a new one. Same, same problem. Same problem. Then we started realizing that the further you were away from the router everything wasn't working and he was noticing things because in the basement our router and our fios um box is down here so it's plugged directly well, even just our, our cable for the television like things it was it was it like start buzzing and cutting out and i'm like what did we do? We we screwed up so and badly. And we did, and we lost our our mini package, which was only the sports channels, and then it yeah, was we were regular TV. And if we were smarter, we would have just said, "Okay, Verizon." And they were trying to sell us too. They're, I'm like, I just want to cancel. I just want to cancel. And you know what? I should have. Oh, I'm so mad because now we had Comcast for a month. We had to pay an early termination fee. We went back to Verizon. And we're paying like $70 or $60 more a month because you can't just get the sports channels anymore. Right. You have to go get the package that they see fit for you because we, we know what internet package we want. But with the TV, in order to get just the sports packages, you, they don't offer that anymore. You have to have like the mid-level cable package, which... We don't watch any of it. We don't even hardly use the actual TV channels. We use it so that when we log in on these apps to watch the ACC network or ESPN or NFL network or whatever, you have to have a cable provider login and password. But so we pay $170 for a bunch of bullshit. But that's what's happening with all these, you know, the Disney apps and the HBO and Showtime apps. They, they want to... Hold on to their content. They want to be able to stream it themselves and make the money off themselves. Like for a long time, they didn't really care because they weren't threatened by Netflix. Now, Netflix has been able to, to grow and make their own movies and, you know, become a big thing. And it's like, oh man, we really got to pay attention to this because this is our competition. And people will like Netflix is is putting out their their own content with actual 
celebrities and stars. Yeah. I mean, they they know that they have a good corner of the market, and now because everybody is at home, they know that people are not going out to the movies. They're not doing what they used to do. So, all of these entities that Netflix used to pay royalties to, they're canceling with Netflix, just like with this Kong versus Godzilla thing. If it's owned by Warner, if Warner has their own way to stream it, they don't want to they don't want to give up that that control. Now that's not to say it won't ever show up on Netflix or it won't ever show up somewhere else, but they want Warner wants to be the first to kind of like put it out there. And I don't blame them because it's their it's their entity, it's their, you know, intellectual property. Well, it, the thing is, 200 million is a, a pretty fair offer for what's been going on, but obviously they want to try to get money back on this. I don't know if they're really I think I think it's a mistake only that I don't think they're going to get the money they think they're going to get uh from their own app. Like like I said, I think there's just more people that have Netflix than that do have HBO Max. And and actually, I think you told me that was just like a phone thing, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, with our. AT&T, so then you're not even, you're not even talking about HBO Go. So mm-mm. that's like a whole different thing. If you have an Amazon Fire device, so maybe if you have a Fire Stick or if you use it on your phone, you can watch HBO Max. We tried to look on our because we have a Roku TV. We tried to look on the Roku TV, and they only have HBO and HBO Go. So if we wanted to watch it, we'd have to watch it on our little teeny tiny phone. Well, we might have to get a fire stick. Which no just one's to, really going to want to do. So I don't know, like, why they would. I mean, we might have to get a fire stick just to watch fucking Godzilla versus Kong. And I know they're not that expensive, but Either that's that just just wait till it goes to the theaters because it's <laughs> eventually going to do that. It's just so frustrating though because we love it. Yeah. Alright, uh, kicking off our next block is some Plague Breeder brought to us by Inverse Records. It's called The Root of Extinction. Sounds like kind of like Godzilla and Kong right now. Right? <laughs> it is now 30 seconds to zero time. Put on goggles or turn away.
come get it. Your lip. Yeah, and John too. <laughs> Alright, it's time for the rock block. Sweet. You know what's really funny is, I know it's been a few weeks, but uh, we did, for me, Steve Miller, uh, Jet Air, big old Jet Airliner. So, yesterday, I turned on the radio, like, the radio, not me on any kind of podcast or any kind of streaming station, the regular radio. It's on. <laughs> so then today when I left to run errands, I didn't have my, you know, Bluetooth or anything hooked up. It's playing again. And I'm like, you know what? It's still an, well, sh we should go take a, a trip somewhere. You still need to get your passport shit straightened out. Well, I ain't like I'm going anywhere right now. Hey, you know, God forbid if something would happen to me while I'm overseas, your ass needs to be over there. Well, you're not leaving for a while yet, so... Probably February, which I'm okay with. I like I like the February. I, uh, I will be home with my family, and I haven't been home for the holidays in a long time, and I really, really want to take advantage of my time at home. I'm, I, you know, I've been doing some upgrades around the house. I'm going to do some painting. Upgrades. Let me upgrade you. I'm going to do some painting and you know how it is. I just like to fuck around all the time. But I um, I do miss being out on the open sea and getting that fat paycheck. But it'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine sooner or later. I just need to make sure my family is okay. Um, I kind of blew up the spot on Facebook the other day because I've been kind of keeping it quiet what's been going on, but my mom's been really, really sick. And uh, I blew it up. I blew it up on every social media that is possible because she's getting better now and she's not getting the treatment that she needed. So I went crazy. But yeah, anyway, so I can't... What's that that radio station around here? The bay? Uh, yeah, the bay. So that was what was on in my in my car, and they played Sublime, and I'm like, I guess I'm officially old. Yeah. Because Sublime is playing on the bay, and then they're playing Steve Miller, and they're playing Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I'm like, yep. Yeah, I think I've heard Guns N' Roses. Mm -hmm. like, classic rock. I'm like, yeah. really? I'm classic. All right. Uh, in our block, we've got some new Avandra Stud by Inverse. Uh, also got Voodoo Machine from Curtain Calls, and of course Neko's Pick of the Week, which is not Steve Miller. Surprise! 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 I'm gonna kick it all off though with some new stuff from Heather Side. It's called Eighteen of Six. We'll be back in a few. Oh, hey, Miss thank Kitty. you, Miss Kitty.
life in the fast lane? Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champ and flat cart season. You can be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line at Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Gilbert, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar.
Stud with tired. Stud, are you my stud? Studdy, studdy, stud. Are you a stud? You are. Alright, it's about that time for our Neko's pick of the week. Yeah, so. Kind of going along with our classic rock, the Bay Station here in. Yeah, it's Baltimore. Classic rock it is. Rock, yeah. That's the thing. The stuff that I've been hearing. I mean, I would consider this alternative rock. Literally, like yeah, it's what I here. grew up with in the '90s. And I also kind of find this song super fitting for what I've been going through and what 2020 has been for a lot of people. Shit show. Yeah, a shit show. But it's so melancholy, and it's so. It's actually beautifully suicidal. I know that's not like hmm. what you're supposed to say, but it, it's it's a very ah, uh, and it's kind of always been one of my depressing songs. I don't know if anybody else is like me, but like when you get in moods, you start you have like kind of I guess now it's for us as adults, we didn't have like Pandora or any of the apps, we just kind of made playlists in our heads or we wrote them down or we made CDs or tapes even of things that we liked. And we would do it based on our moods. Like, this is the party mix. This is the mega rap mix. This is the, uh, you know, love song mix. This is the hair metal mix, whatever. And it would, that was just kind of what you did. And I, I still have my giant CD book that held 300 CDs, and a lot of them Anubis made for me when we first met. This song is one of those awesome, like, 90s alternative rock. And they're a band that kind of gets lost in a shuffle sometimes, because they were actually pretty big for a short period of time, mm -hmm. but just with all the different bands that came out around the time, it's one of those ones you just kind of overlook and forget about. Because it's like, I think it was like towards the end of the 90s a little bit. It was, because I think this song came out when I was in college. So I graduated high school in 98. And I remember this was kind of a big deal back in 98, 99. But our cafeteria in college had TVs in it. And it would play like the college radio network. Oh my god. Oh! we thought it was the wildest thing but i remember seeing this song a lot and that other song she's so high right. yeah so this is a very 90s telling song uh, i know it was a later 90s song um but honestly when i'm feeling kind of blah and melancholy this is like number one on my playlist and I have been feeling that way a lot with what's going on in my life and what's been going on just in general with the world. So this week, my pick of the week is Collective Soul, The World I Know. And here we go. Audio jump. Attention, please. Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. In a moment, we will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow and we will break new ground 
DJ Neko's pick of the week.
This is Sky Nielsen Promotions. I offer the most affordable, effective, independent metal promotions one can find. If you've got a metal band, project, or art that you want promoted, simply search for Sky Nielsen Promotions. And you're listening to Hordes of Chaos on Metal Tavern Radio. She's in love with herself. DJ Nubis. And DJ Neko. Back with you, Meltdown Radio Podcast, episode 92. So what did you think about my pick of the week? Probably not the song I would have chose off that record, but uh, like I said, it's a really good record. It's actually, it was her sophomore one, which was better than the first one. Uh, but there were some other tracks on that record. Like, I like that song, but it's a little bit more mellow compared to some of the other stuff on there. I told you, it was my... Uh, it, it's on my list of being depressed songs, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I just feel like I need to... It's all to, about 2020. I just, I just want to wear my hoodie and crawl into bed and be sad. But it, I, that actually came on the radio. I don't know if it was on the bay or whatever, but every once in a while I'll like flip on the radio just because, you know, I want to see what's happening outside of my own little bubble of podcasts. And, uh... Right. It came on. It probably was 98 Rock. Um, and I was like, crap, man. This seems so fitting for this year. And, you know, anytime I, I do start feeling a little downtrodden, I, I pop that in and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Same, same, same thing. Bleh. Same thing with uh, Dust in the Wind. Kansas, I that's another one that's on my list. Like if I mean we could do a podcast on what kind of lists we want to make. Is this my melancholy list? Is this my you know super party hyped party people list? Whatever. But I don't know. I like what you followed it up with though. It was kind of like a little bit more more. Uh, you were sad and now we're like yeah we're Blue bipolar. Yeah. We're bipolar now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh blabbermouth.net um has an article with obituary the guys are super excited about their new stuff that they're working on um obviously every band that ever puts out new records always say yeah yeah you know this is gonna be one of our best works ever but i don't know from having obituary go quite this bonzo over their new stuff, new material they're working on is a pretty big deal because usually they're more laid back when it comes to interviews and stuff, but... They, they must be, like, really happy with what they've got so far, them. Yeah, they, they're really just, and they're kicking it out and they've put out some really good records the last two or three hours. Uh, yeah, so. they have. Uh, yeah. And you know we love Obituary. They're, like... <sighs> so good live. They're so good live, and they're such good people with all their, uh, animal activism and, like... Oh, they're, oh, they're cool as shit, too. I mean, they're very humble and nice guys. Got We're a signed all... poster somewhere I'm supposed Where to get. It? It's somewhere around. We are all about Obituary. Like, you think about the name obituary and it's like oh it's it's such a oh it's terrible it's death metal and then you meet these like nice guys who are like hey yeah man we're gonna rescue some kittens and there was <laughs> i forgot what hurricane it was they probably do it every hurricane but they uh they went and they donated a bunch of money and time well they live in florida yeah so they're dealing with it constantly they they are all about 
you know, rescuing pets and taking care of each other. And they're like the most non-death metal death metal band. They're like <laughs> the happy-go-lucky, very kind people. And I, I just... Meanwhile, they're probably like, yeah, right. Like, we're okay, but, you know, we have our moments. <laughs> but they are but they make amazing music. And, and that's, that's kind of like one of the things that you and I were talking about um with art versus the artist like you hear obituaries music and you look at obituary and we see obituary and they're just like this you know they're larger than life on stage and they have this big sound and they sound all scary and death metally and then they're like oh kittens well it's just you know it's one of those things like obituary i've been in town since slowly we were out their debut mm -hmm. way back when and you know I actually did not get to see them until I'd known you, like, years later. I didn't, hadn't seen them live, so all the early years I just kind of missed them. And then they went on their hiatus for a little while, came back, rejoined up again, and started working on new music. Well, you know, the thing is, like, live, they're incredible. Like, they're not flashy, you know, you're not going to get, like, you know, Blackie Lawless and Wasp, you know, doing old school, like, <laughs> heads on pikes and crazy shit like that but these guys but they're tight they bring the energy they're mm -hmm. they're 100 percent involved with the music and they're they're engaged with the fans they're really really good live I, i've never been disappointed like i think it's even two or three times now Where two for sure we see them at mdf and we saw them at uh sonar we saw them i thought they were playing that night with cannibal corpse when we saw them at uh what you call it um Sonar. No, that wasn't Sonar. Sound, uh, sound that Garden. was Soundstage. Soundstage. And that That's was, what I meant to say. That was the night where it was the Bloody Valentine, so it was all death. It was so great. It was all death metal bands. I'm sure we've seen them one more other time beside that. But uh, either way, they're like massive live. Like the sound is all there. Very good. Uh, right like on. I said, the last few albums have been very good. They are so, one of the most successful death metal bands of all time. And as Trevor Pierre, as the guitarist, says, uh, they love playing music. It's there for fun. That's what they do. It's all what they're all about. So, Yeah, we have a cat meowing. I'm sorry. She thinks everything is food for her and got to get out of people's business. Yeah, she business. never gets fed. Mind you, she's 17 pounds. And we have her on I mean, a diet. She's telling a bitch right, right now she needs to be saved because she's being starved. Yeah, she's being starved by us. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's the most pampered cat you've ever seen. Really? Yeah. So we watched uh, a doc last night called Fear the Unknown mm -hmm. about H.P. Lovecraft. And, like, I went into it just not knowing much about the guy. I knew about his work and same, people, same. people that really love him and love his work and everything. But it came out of it as a way to kind of, like, meander into what we're going to be talking about next but you know i know you had some thoughts about it and cause we, we have a lot of friends who really look up to hp lovecraft in terms of his writings and you know because like metal and horror movies have all been inspired by lovecraft we, we even saw last night that uh what there was um was it the magic in the mountains or something Either way, it was something about Antarctica and aliens and that sort of inspired oh, yeah, and I uh, said the, the thing. thing. Yeah, But one thing we hadn't known about H.P. Lovecraft was just about how racist he was. Yeah, he had severe xenophobia. 
And anything that was not normal to him, like he was just a waspy male up in New England. So any outside influence kind of scared him. And he eventually moved to New York, and that even scared... I mean, you got to think what New York was back then. It was, mm-hmm. it's, it's a total melting pot. There's all sorts of different people coming in from all over the place, and it was, it was tough for him just dealing with people who were different. And in his diaries and stuff, he would write some pretty heinous, like, racist things. Now, granted... I get it. It was a long time ago, and and keep in mind, this is his personal diary. These weren't these like, aren't in really his stories, no. Like, but you know, it's all there, and you know, eventually, when you're a famous guy like he is, things like that come out. Like, imagine him living in this day and age. But see, he was never famous in his lifetime. He didn't become famous until, until afterwards. Until what? afterwards, when his friends were started publishing his stuff, and he only had like one big payday. It seemed like towards the end of his life. That was like a split with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he um he passed away in his forties from cancer that spread to his stomach and intestines, I think. And so we do know a lot of people who they love H.P. Lovecraft and they love the imagery and they love the stories. And one thing that H.P. Lovecraft always would say was, you know. Yes, it's about the stories. Yes, it's about this. Yes, it's about that. But he wasn't one of those people who were kind of like, this is all mine. You can't, like, take my characters and make them different. He encouraged that. In fact, they had, like, writer's circles, and they would they would do that together and, and brainstorm ideas. So he, I think, you know, if he were alive now and he saw how people would take his simple short stories and expand them with his monsters and stuff, he would probably be really into it. So, what we're seeing with H.P. Lovecraft's imagination and his talent is that he can create some really amazing horror or alien-type entities, and, you know, people really dig it. But a lot of times what ends up happening in today's day and age you get kind of criticized for being a fan of some person and that person's personal views are maybe they are xenophobic or homophobic or whatever, but their writing isn't really xenophobic or homophobic. It's just what it's any kind of genre. So I think what was kind of, eye-opening to Anubis and I last night while we were watching this is, okay, we knew of H.P. Lovecraft, we knew of his work, and I myself have never been a huge fan, not for any particular reason, I just never really read his stuff. But we have friends of ours who are super, super, super liberal, like, I, I can't even put to the degree left that they are, but they worship H.P. Lovecraft, and I don't think they realize they know anything about him him, himself. Because they will criticize other people who listen to, like, Burzum or who else, who have some, you know... Well, that's what we're trying. We're we're kind of moving into territory because Inquisition just put out a new Mm -hmm. record. And, uh... 
their main guy, Dagon. Um, it's actually very good. I listened to a, a couple of songs. But the thing that NECA's getting at is that, you know, it's funny how in this woke culture that, and we've talked about in past episodes, how people are willing to overlook certain things if they align with either a political view or, in this case, an artist who they really like. Like, And I find that very troubling, not because I think that people have to have that. It's just that if you're going to condemn and, you know, crucify one particular artist for something, but then overlook it with another artist, and I find that very hypocritical. And I just, I, it, it's a crawl in my side when that happens because here it is H.P. Lovecraft was a very xenophobic man who I mean he literally wrote in his personal diaries about um what was the cat's name oh nigger something yeah nigger nigger something like he he would put things like that in his stories and he would put things like he did anybody who was brown skin not not African American but brown like maybe Indian or from the Middle East, he would he would kind of lump them all together, and what what did he call? He he had one character that he made up. All right, but he had like a like lot of drawings. The, yeah, and like stuff. as the antagonist or uh, in a story, and he just kind of always would be. But Neko and I were sitting. Beside ourselves last night, wondering if the people that we know who are big Lovecraft fans actually knew about this history because it's the first that we'd ever heard of any of it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to move this into the territory of the Inquisition and Dagon. Like a few years ago, Dagon was outed on metalsucks.com or .net, whatever it is, about some trouble issues he had uh, a few years earlier where he. Pled guilty, well, he says he never pled guilty to any charges of uh, sexual deviance or something, but one way or the other, court records got saw, and there was apparently some charges that pedophilia and some of this other stuff, but again, uh, Dagon is actually released uh, a couple of years ago uh, on metalwani.com, his version of which is, I uh, made it a very unwise choice of action in 2007, which got me to some legal issues. Now, did he get, was he arrested for a few years? He didn't go to jail or anything. They, they said they charged him, but then he pled mm -hmm. out. And, but he said none of the charges they came up with could stick. So I don't know why he pled. I don't know. I, I have to think of this as in terms of like around our neighborhood, you can be listed as a sexual offender for simply being an 18-year-old dating a 16-year-old or 15-year-old. That's and that's the truth. In Maryland, it is when when so, you are or if you if you happen to urinate on public property which happens to be within a school zone. Yeah. You could be listed as a sexual Yeah, so I I don't know exactly what his pleading out dealt with I, I again i'm not saying that he didn't touch kids i'm not saying he didn't like have kitty porn on his i don't know we don't know they they, they aren't being very specific about what right. happened uh all i know is the label dropped him the moment this stuff can't start coming out uh he's denied everything he's he has not served any time for any of this stuff um so 
he does have some past issues, much like Lovecraft with, like, Nazi talk or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So he's always had this, like, dark cloud over his head. So obviously passenger. I know that most of the metal community has kind of, like, abandoned him or, like, just said, fuck this dude. This is one of those issues where, yeah, I don't know exactly what happened, but I'm, I'm not, I'm kind of holding back as far as, like, condemning him because I just don't know. And until I see more or see whatever that will prove that he, he says he has no sex crimes. So, I mean, I, I got to take him to his word there because he'd probably be in jail if he did. Mm-hmm. Um, from personal experience, from knowing somebody who's actually served like a little bit of time for mm-hmm. stuff like this. Uh, if he hasn't served any like jail time, then it, I can't assume it's something big. And that's why I think about Not only that, but if he hasn't served any time, a lot of times, even if you are a uh, sexual predator, you have to serve, like, a minimum sentence, or you have to, like, put in there as time served. Right. And then they'll register you on, on the sex offender registry. So he's saying that he's none of this is happening, but, again, it's so vague, we don't really know. So you can always start, like putting your own spin on things. He's a sex offender. He's a sexual predator. Blah, blah, blah. Well, ultimately, this is where I'm at. Like, okay, Dagon may very well be a piece of shit human being. However, his His new new record... is amazing. It's fucking mind-blowing. Like, I love it. And it's got an old Bathory vibe to it, which is very cool. Also has a bit of a post-black metal vibe to it. So, this is something that Neko has pointed to in the past, is that you know, we can look at certain things, whether it be movies, directors, uh, celebrities, uh, athletes, musicians, whatever, and say, okay, that person's not a very good human being, but what they do either on the field or in music is pretty decent and we like it. It's the product that they give us. Right. If It's one thing if Dagon's coming into this, you know, his music writing about uh, Nazis and writing about touching little kids. I, I get that. That That's something that would never really condone with me. Like, I, wouldn't, I, have, I have no interest in listening to something like that. But if you're listening to something that has, you know, just a nice metal sound, and you're like, this is really good. This is just a nice generic metal music. But then you know about his history, you kind of, like, start thinking... Am I doing the right thing? Or am I a bad person? And I know what ends up happening to people is... Like we were talking about with J.K. Rowling with the Harry Potter thing. You know, we we know a lot of people who are huge Harry Potter fans. And then they were like, no, we we can't support her anymore. Or even read Harry Potter, even though it gave us years and years and years of entertainment because of her opinion. Yeah, I talked so about it's, it. So it's how do you how do you do how do you make that separation? Because there are lots of things that I enjoy that I'm sure if I dug deep enough, there would be something about an artist I don't like. Basically we learn that people are flawed in one way or the other. Now mm-hmm. obviously if Dagon is really someone who touches kids and that's a serious issue, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally um as much as I love the new record, I'd have to research him more before I even purchase anything, and I think that's where I draw the line. Like, if I find out that there's just nothing there that really convinces me that he did either one, he, like, whatever he did is, like, under wraps or whatever, 
Uh, if there's nothing there that I see that's like a, a pure blatant attempt at... Because I know people are soft as shit nowadays. I'm sorry. Anyone who listens to this and you get really bummed out or burned out about like an artist saying something here or there... It's a personal opinion, man. You gotta get the fuck over it. You well, just do. This is this is one thing with me going back to the H.P. Lovecraft shit. I um, again, I I don't have any love or hate to H.P. Lovecraft. I like some of the characters and the monsters that he's created, but a an old friend of mine. You know how he used to have like fun screen names and stuff like back in the day. Hers was like. Cthulhu girl. Cthulhu. Yeah, to Cthulhu girl. And when I say the type of things that she puts on Facebook is all about, like, beyond me too. It's very, very, very liberal. And again, that's her Facebook. I don't care. But she gets very, very um, defensive. Defensive. She gets very angry. She was even getting angry over the um, J.K. Rowling thing. But to think back that... And see, I I told you, I I know people like that too, where they're like condemning Varg and Burzum, which, you know, Varg is a piece of shit. He's... Everyone knows that. Oh my god, he's a fucking maniac. But when you have... Like, I'm not going to spend getting up on a pedestal telling everybody this, and when I see other people doing this stuff... I think that's my point. That's what this girl does, and then she always posts, like, trigger warning, and uh, I'm going to talk about this or domestic... Yeah, and so, like, if you were to come out and say, well, guess what? H.P. Lovecraft is a fucking piece of shit racist. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that would she probably lose her shit. I'm going to... I am actually going to do that. I'm going (laughs) to do a um, social media experiment, because... I'll be like, hey, I just watched this documentary on H.P. Lovecraft. Didn't know much about him personally. Never really cared about his writing or his fiction, but I did appreciate the monsters he's created. Turns out he's a huge xenophobe and racist. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. And see what happens. Yeah, I like to. I'm actually going to wait for Neko to do that because that's going to be fun to watch. All right. Well, anyway. All right. We just, you know, at the end of the day, can you separate... The, the art from the person. That's that's that's, a, that's our biggest question. I think that's the theme of this podcast because we talk about it all the time. Because can you separate the artist from the art? Because you have some really, really nice art people who talk about really, really mean, scary things, and you're like, okay, well, this is just a song with themes, but you know that this person is a good person. But then you have the opposite. You have terrible, terrible people who produce great music with non-threatening themes Mm -hmm. for us at least for me i try to when i enjoy a movie or music i keep in mind that it is fiction even if it's a song like it, it it is fiction i mean if you would if anybody out there is a fan of stephen king you would fucking put commit that man the shit that happens in his books but it's fiction, so you're not saying, Stephen King, where did you come up with these fucking ideas? You're a fucking maniac. No, he is writing fiction, which is what these, you know, these musicians are doing. They're writing fiction. So there is a fine line because I don't want to ever say, like, I support people being hurt or people being racist or xenophobic or anything. 
That's not really what we're getting no, at. No, what we're, we're not... getting at is the artist sometimes is a flawed person, but they do produce interesting things. Right. And it could be in anything, any kind of entertainment. Yeah. Books, movies, music, etc. And, and that doesn't mean that you aren't, as an individual, right to challenge it or not like it or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, as Neko is, and we've discovered that even with someone like Lovecraft who... We would have never guessed. We didn't even know. We we didn't know that much about his. And maybe personal some life. people who are big fans don't even know, and that's like, that's the thing. But how does it change your perception, if it does at all? If Lovecraft really is like, or if you know, the information you now have about him being that way, how does that affect you going forward as a fan? So when Neko does her little test, we're gonna see exactly. I'm gonna see like because I want to know: is this something where like? In the in the documentary that we watched, they were like almost defending him. Oh, they they were going. They to were bat. <laughs> they were like, yeah, he was xenophobic, but this was like in the nineteen twenties, and it's and... New England. So what would you expect? But nowadays, you would never ever say that. Yeah, there's still a lot of racist people out there, but I would never be like, oh, God, it's New England, it's the Times, that's right. why they're racist. No. So... Well, I mean, we see it all the time, like, even with the Me Too movement, like, all the women now coming forward about how Hollywood's been, and I, I could easily just sit there and say, well, you know, it was, at the time, it was just how it was, men kind of owned everything, they'd be all up in my shit. Women be like, no, it's unacceptable. It's not the product of the times. They should have known better. Right. And that and that's basically what we're getting at. But uh, either way, you can probably still enjoy Lovecraft's writings and, and stuff like that. And we're saying we're not saying And not, not really to. like the guy. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're saying if you like him, you like him. Right. But just open your eyes and realize that Before you criticize another uh, artist, you know, think about some of the people that you like. Uh, doesn't matter if it's Gigi Allen or Lovecraft or whatever, like, everyone's going to have flaws to a degree, but if you enjoy the art that they created because of what they were doing, and that art isn't portraying who they were... I mean, honestly, everybody can make some kind of argument about anyone, and I, this is this is going to sound, I guess, very broad and very vague, but, you know, I could, let's say I am a Pulitzer Prize winning novelist, there's nothing really exciting about me or like at all. Like I live in a tiny row home in Baltimore. I have a cat. I have or, some rabbits. I, I I sail. Like there's really nothing. I'm very vanilla. But they could be like Melissa Corpro has no black friends, so she's a racist. And you read her books. You read a racist's books, and I'm like. What what would you say? Oh, I do have black. You say that. That's a racist response. Right. I'm like, a, but I do have black, I have black friends. I have a couple. I I just I know who I know because of where I go. But I have friends of all colors and creeds. But I, but you have to understand too. That's what happens to people as well. They start getting categorized mm-hmm. because of whatever. Because the media is a pain in the ass. So. As a person, as an intelligent person, start thinking and reminding yourself that people are flawed and they suck. 
Yeah, forget about the mob mentality. Just yeah, just research, investigate, and think for yourself. And enjoy the artwork. Yeah. That we could go on and on about artists back in Renaissance time, how fucked up they were. Art is something that is separate from the artist, and it can be enjoyed and it can be understood without saying, wow, I can't read this because it's a racist novel. Just try. I, I deal, And I know I'm probably sounding insane for saying that, but, like, you really have to try. Well, we'll see how your test goes. I, I'll, let, me get, let me get my fingers <laughs> warmed up right now. So from the new album, Black Mask for a Masquerade Inquisition, this is called My Spirit Shall Join a Constellation of Swords. It's good. I love this stuff. It's one of my favorite albums of the year. I don't care. If, even if he's a bad guy, well, I'll just stick with the album. Here we go.
Here's Patrick from the Canadian Press Middle that reanimators. And you're listening to Middle Tavern Radio. I have a and get out of my way. Alright, that was Horna from Finland. Brand new stuff from them as well. Brand new stuff from Will Chorus from Russia. I love Finland. Like, you never hear enough about Finland. Like, oh, I, always know about Finland. I mean, but like, so many great bands. What, what, what's going on in Finland? Nothing. We're just cool. We're hanging out. No big deal. There's, there's no like fighting. There's, I don't know. All those Scandinavian and like northern European the country. Dutch. The Dutch. Yeah, the, well, the Dutch too. We love the Dutch. We love the Dutch. We want to be the Dutch rudders. We. <laughs> I was gonna say we want to live. In, in the Netherlands, we've always wanted to, it's just never come to fruition, but we're definitely going to plan a trip. And we're going to do, like, an unbelievable trip because... She kicks the kick. There she goes, there's my girl! Sorry, we're watching the Vanderbilt uh, college game. First ever girl, five power school, the kick in a game. They had some COVID issues and they lost a lot of players so they said hmm. they're not like denver where we lost all three of our quarterbacks and we're going in tomorrow with whoever the fuck they <laughs> yeah, decide like, hmm, i'm gonna, gonna play someone. the game for us against the saints that should be fun it's because it, it was just crazy like this it, it's really hard for college to kind of stay in the bubble because in well colleges I, I found something interesting about the college games is ohio state um apparently if you're a college football team this year you have a grace period of two games that you can miss due to COVID issues. But once you use those up, like right now Ohio State has no freebies anymore. There are two games that they could So use. they're just going to have to grab whoever. So they have two games left, and they're going to have to play those games. Like Otherwise, they won't be eligible for any of the postseason stuff. So if they want because they're like ranked fourth in the nation. So if they want to be in the playoffs, they're going to have to play those games. With or without any players that have COVID, et cetera, et cetera. And you're allowed to put whoever you want on the team. It's not like... Yeah, they, they can find players, but, you know, obviously, like, we're looking at the Ravens right now and the Steelers. The Ravens have, like, 19 to 20 players with COVID, and it includes and, their running honestly, backs and honestly, Baltimore is, is hitting a, a COVID high right now. And I want to reiterate, just because you have COVID does not mean you're going to be ill and die and have to go to the hospital but there the concern is because it's so um easily transmitted and it's so infectious that they are moving those players into quarantine so that they're not around the other players that's i mean this does not mean that the entire team is gonna die it just means that they're trying to keep everyone healthy and that's, that's happened with the college teams, too. And I, I feel like it's a little bit harder with the college teams because in, in these professional teams, you all kind of live in the same bubble. You are getting tested constantly. You're, they say, don't go here, don't go there. This is where you need to be, blah, blah, blah. And then still professional teams will test positive for COVID. But with these college teams, you have college classes together. You have to do certain things. You you are out in the open more. So these college teams, like you were saying, Ohio State, and we were just talking about Vanderbilt, if you want to be able to be eligible for these postseason games, then it's like, oh, who am I going to use? Well, 
they got a college soccer star who was a female and honestly she's not any different sized from most of the other kickers did you see she's she's a tall girl and she's like i mean i'm i'm tiny i'm only five too but she looked like a regular sized college kicker well it's a it's a big story not just because she's you know the first female at the power five school to do that but Vanderbilt was a ranked seventh in soccer this past year, and she's the goaltender uh, for that team, and they ended up winning the SEC championship or whatever as a seventh as a, seed. As a, for the soccer team. So it made a lot of news with that, and of course, there we go, we see some more of her coming in. and uh, So she was really excited. They did a little... Look at her, look at her kicking those extra points. Yeah. So she didn't get a chance to actually kick an extra point or a field goal in the game because Missouri wiped the floor with them. I mean, Vanderbilt's O and eight is a football team, but it, this was the highlight. That is why Look, we I mean, watched it. was a it. good kick. They told her that's what they told her to do. They didn't tell her to do anything else. So now the, the thing about all this is, like, yeah, she's coming in and doing this, but like. If she can't really do it like another kicker. <laughs> but I don't, they didn't really give her a chance, number one. And number two, again, well, she, she is not a tiny person. She is probably the size of any other college kicker out there. She is, you saw her towering over the person interviewing her. Yeah, she's, she's hard on coaches. Yeah, she's a, she's a larger girl who could probably hold her own on the field if she had to. Now, the funny thing is, at one point, Vanderbilt was on, like, the 30 or 35 of Missouri late in the game, and they opted to go for, like, a fourth and four to try to get closer. But I, I kind of felt like, man, just throw her out there. See what she can do. Yeah, but, let her try it. But they didn't. Uh, but I guess they just didn't want to, like, take I guess she was. Any... she's new, and she's, yeah, she's never she kicked. She had butterflies before, and that, was kinda, that would be a long kick. That would be, like, a 40 or 50-yarder, but... Either way, uh, they did give her a kickoff in the second half to let her... Um, and she probably would have got more if Vanderbilt even scored more. That's the thing. So whether or not she shows up next week for their game, I don't know. But we'll I hope see. she does. She looked... Again. But she, she was excited. She looks like a football player. She <laughs> she doesn't look like a little mini-me like me who looks like a... a but size does not matter. It, it What is important is your skill. Again, me and my job. Yeah. I have I have the skills. She has the skills. If you have the skills to get on the field or to do your job, that's all. That's all that should matter. So anyway, um, speaking into, of skills, uh, movies. So Neko and I obviously love Predator One and Predator Two of the series. Um, I like AVP a little bit. Uh, didn't I didn't. Like, I like the concept of, of AVP. Well, Aliens vs. Predator is a great thing. It was hinted at the end of Predator Two. That's how the whole thing started coming about. But want some candy? Yeah. The first uh, Predator vs. Alien, again, good concept. Not quite executed the way I think that we all thought it might be. So when AVP came out, that was a little more action oriented. But again. Some flaws there with that one as well. And, of course, since then they've tried, like, two or three other versions of the Predator movies from different takes. Even Robert Regas took a shot at one of them. But none of them really stuck. So they're looking again to do Predator 5. 
uh, which I believe they've got Dan Trachenberg, and I've already looked it up. He's not related to Michelle Trachenberg, who was in Buffy Vampire series. They're not related at all, so don't even go there. But he did uh, direct Ten Cloverfield Lane, which is his debut movie. And I know Neck and I both like that film. Uh, everything except for the end. Like, but the things they discuss in Screen Rant about his why it might be good for Dan to do this film is character development, and that's something that's really uh, shown in Ten Cloverfield Lane. I think that was one of his biggest things in Ten Cloverfield Lane because because you spent the whole movie with these people in a bunker. Um, I forget the the actress's name. She's done a lot of films um but had john goodman was the main uh guy in it and just wonderful acting uh there and just overall like by the time the end came i was like well they didn't really need that this was like a good story without that mm -hmm. part of it you know but uh yeah so i don't know like even in the first two priority movies the character development isn't like that deep but you do get a sense of who the people are as the movie's going along. <laughs> so now we're looking at like, no quarterback. Who? Sorry, I had a sidetrack. Yeah, we're, we're getting a little distracted by the TV talking about who's going to be the Broncos quarterback. And I said me, put me and out there. Yeah, see, our, our backup running back is our emergency quarterback right now. That's sad. <laughs> well, well, what time do they come on? Are they in after or a late afternoon game? It's in Denver, so it's probably gonna be a four o'clock game. Okay, yeah, I'll be watching. Uh, so anyway, Trachenberg, you know, he doesn't have a big list, but you know, Screen Rant, like I said, has an article on why he might be able to revive the series because of that one aspect of Cloverfield. That doesn't necessarily mean he's gonna put out a good movie. Because, uh, like I said, like the character part of it, yes, can you do like a good sci-fi action movie, which is basically what Predator is? Uh, who knows? We'll see how it goes. But uh, that's something to look forward to. I'm kind of excited about that. What about you? Yeah, I am. I'm, I, I mean, we like Predator movies anyway, but the last couple have been really big stinkers for me. I just I can't get through them. The thing for me is I love the Predator I love everything about, like, what the Predator... I love all of his... Or there, because it's, you know, a whole race. But I love everything. I love all the weapons. I love the scary face. I... Everything about the Predator hey, is... pussy face. <laughs> it's amazing. And, you know, I don't know how many times we've seen Predator 1 and Predator 2. Like... We own them. Yeah, I mean... Actually, I'm not sure if I own the first one yet. I mean, because it's usually on TV so much. But if you, if I have the second one for sure. If it bleeds, you can kill, kill it. it. <laughs> Get to the chopper! Uh, yeah. <laughs> we make fun of that shit all the time. I love Predator. So, for me, if you have someone who is talented, like Trachenberg, that's just, you know, another star for me. I, I want to see another good Predator movie. And I hate sounding like an old woman and an old, oh, you people don't know what we used to have kind. But it's the truth. Like, we had a very simple predator concept, and it was, it turned into an amazing and kind of scary movie. Think about how the first Predator was. It was super, like, suspenseful, and it was awesome 
but then they just started getting campy. Like, yeah, it, I'm not sure what all like, like funnily enough, the Alien vs Predator definitely have some fear things in them because mm-hmm. of the alien aspect of it all. But the Predator movies they were doing just didn't really hold up. Like, and you can get some of the better actors in there, but they're just the storylines and the scripts just weren't very good. So then what would happen is you just get bored and kind of repetitive. Uh, the, the interesting thing between Predator 1 and 2 was they went from a jungle to, like, a, a inner city. And, you know, so I know some people don't like Predator 2 for certain aspects of it, but I loved it. I thought it was a fantastic uh, approach to it. Um, they had a young, uh, who's that, Bill Paxton in it, was mm-hmm. in it. I uh, had Danny Glover, of course, and... Uh, Alonzo Chia, I forget, she's been in a lot of movies back then, but either way, uh, we'll see what he can do with it. Now, what are they saying about this? Like we were talking earlier, are they talking about it going to streaming, or is it going to go to the Uh, Nothing, yeah, right now they're just talking about directing it. Yeah, it's the only catch there. All right, so we've got some new stuff from Tombs, Corrosive, and Nader Sadik uh, coming up. But uh, we're going to kick it off with one of Missy's favorite bands. It's a doom band called My Dying Bride. Oh, new stuff. thank you. It's you called know, A Secret know I Kiss. Wait. I am. Uh, bye. <laughs>
Looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics to do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you would find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you
DJ Anubis getting ready to close out this edition of the Hordes of Chaos episode 92. I'm super happy that we got to do this together. Why are we always get to do it together? We don't always get to do this together. I was actually Well, we've been doing it for months now. I mean. But I mean, I was I was counting from October of last year up until September of this year when I got home. That's quote unquote the fiscal year. And I was gone nine months. So that's a little bit of time. And I'm like, I'm trying, even though there's a lot going on, I really am trying to enjoy my time home because it is really nice to be home and be able to like sleep in my own bed and be with you and my family. And oh, my you gotta kids. find the time, you know, take care of your mental health and emotional health. Just being with you though and doing this is it's, it's just a nice thing that we do with each other every week, you know? I And when I'm gone, I have all of your episodes to listen to so I can hear your voice. I mean, I know we can call each other. Well, I can call you occasionally, but it's really weird. It's like, "Hey baby." Oh, hey. It's the, it's the delay. Yeah, it's a weird delay. And delayed release. It's a delayed release. But I, I just, I actually enjoy just chilling with you and listening to music and watching football and joking around with you. Yeah, we kind of been getting it in, doing basically on Saturdays, which is nice. Not, we're not doing a whole lot those days. You're kind of busy throughout the week, and I'm busy trying to... I think we might try and do it next Friday, uh, because next Saturday I'm hanging out with Michelle. Yeah, because yeah. she's got to go do some shit. I haven't seen Michelle since June. Uh, yeah. Okay. Why? What's wrong? Well, I know we're supposed to visit a friend of mine soon, but I'm not sure when that's going to happen yet, but yeah. Probably to do it Friday so I can get to the music that I need to get to. Because what do we got going on here? What do we have for next week? Give them a little preview. Uh, what do we got? Some new Funeral Winds, new Hatebreed, new Iron Mask, new Polini, which is progressive, uh, Revolting, Sodom. Did you listen to my pick of the week for next week? Did I listen to it? Yeah, do you know what song I'm talking about? It's not the one that we had. Where? Oh, this one here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have not yet. I'll have to, I'll get You'll back. have to get back to <laughs> I'll me. I'll get back to you on that Because it's another, like, alternative ballad, and I don't want him to be like, it's too ballady. But it is a total alternative ballad. Yeah, like, you know, I just, where, where's the rock and the and this stuff, you know? Hey, you know what? I'll give you some oomph. We have to look through a list of all of my picks of the weeks because I'm trying to think of bands that I... It's hard because, again, today, back to Oh, me, you mentioned one like Dust in the Wind, I mean... Yeah, but I did Carry On My Wayward Son by Kansas. I know I did that one. And yeah. then I, again, today, listening to the Classic Rock Station and they played uh, Jet Airliner. I love Steve Miller and I love that song. And I love that I didn't know what the fucking lyrics were for, like, a while. And... But I wanna, I wanna like, you know, I wanna see what I've been picking because I don't wanna pick the same things over and over again. That's why I kind of went the alternative route this week and next week because I mean I could just be like, oh yeah, we're gonna be 
ACDC every week because I love ACDC or whatever, but we do ACDC. We do Journey. We've done two Journey songs, I know for sure. Um, I know we've done two. Well, you need to kind of brainstorm a little bit and, like, you know, figure out some songs. Like, you, you came out with a couple. I'll check out the one you gave me for next week, but you need to, like, do a little more brainstorming. I'm there. trying to think of, like, genres, too, because I, I sometimes I get stuck, which I was for a while. I was really stuck on the classic rock genre where I was, like, constantly, like, I, I was just all classic rock. Well, the best thing to do is, like, just go on Google, type in 70s classic rock. It'll give you like band names, and you just kind of look through them and say, "Oh yeah, yeah, I like." The but song I don't. Thing. I don't want to repeat. So like, you don't have to repeat. There's fucking thousands of bands. I, I know, but I I'm worried because I can't remember all of my picks. So I don't want to be like here. That's why you write them down. You? I thought you wrote them down. Don't well, you I do, but you write them down, and you send them to me, then I write them down. Well, where's my old list so I can see what this we? This is it. This is all you got right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I'm talking about my old list. I deleted it because. Oh. I mean, I knew there was like a Sublime song on there, but you know, I don't know if that's really going to work. You did the Sublime one already. It was Sublime and Gwen Stefani. I saw Red. I don't know if we did that, but anyway. Anyway, closing out this week of The Hordes of Chaos. Provencer. Hail the New Order. I like that name. Oh, Provencer's cool shit good band all right well we'll see you all next week enjoy the rest of i'll your try to get more creative with my picks of the week yeah so try not to snore us to death with these ballads oh my god you're getting my one other ballad okay people <laughs> all right take care y'all see y'all later